0: and As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things.
1: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: Erin Addison's
1: on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and J Macron Tap. Yes. To help help us navigate show. Okay. I couldn't remember. I know somebody's taking a break this week or next week. i don't next know week. somebody okay it's next week i couldn't remember somebody's calling in tired and it's happening <laughs> soon somebody's calling in exhausted yeah. and uh but I, I couldn't remember at the last minute it just kind of escaped me okay so we're all here yay all right um mfl yes i mean that's <laughs> that's mfl number five yeah or is it okay number mfl number that's five right. in, the books. in the books and i would like I would like to know from you some of your highlights, your thoughts. Yes. Uh, looking back at the conference that happened this weekend, it was a full weekend and presentations. I'm wondering what stands out to you. Maybe various aspects. You said presentations.
0: Conference. Okay, it cut out a little bit. Did but I yeah. cut out? Yeah. Oh,
1: what's going on?
0: <laughs> I don't know. We got to fix that problem. But okay. as far as as far as um, some of my reflections. I feel like, you know, when you when you plan and you pray and you, you are, you know, getting things together, um, you know, just to see it come together and yeah. how God works uh, is just an awesome thing. You know, uh, there's mm-hmm. a scripture in uh, Proverbs that talks about the horse being made ready for battle, but the victory is with the Lord. And so uh, that's the thing I felt like, you know, we planned and we prayed and we, you know, did all the things that we um, thought mm-hmm. we needed to do. But ultimate victory that was with the Lord. And just hearing some of the testimonies oh, of, of people um, whose lives have been changed and touched, this was awesome. You know, mm-hmm. so um, for me, it's always afterwards hearing the reports of, you know, what God has done. Because, yeah. you know, it, it, it's it's just amazing how how he used this conference just to, to really— Um, uh, speak to speak to people and I and I one of my desires was that you know people that would come with questions and different things that the Lord would speak clearly and I Mm -hmm. believe that that he did through the different speakers even through you know talking with other attendees you know just all type of ways that uh, that God you know spoke to his people so man you know he did what he desired to do and so that's that's all I, I desired.
1: Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it was so encouraging to talk to uh, attendees, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, Mm -hmm. who just came up to us with hearts so full. They had received so much. And and there were, as you say, so many um, questions, personal questions answered, um, internal conflicts, things going on in families and homes, and uh, just a lot of turmoil where you can see. And I, I don't mean, I know sometimes it makes people uncomfortable when we speak in terms of spiritual matters, but... Um, brothers and sisters, that's really that's the reality of where we're battling. Right. Like that's the reality of what's going on, and so sometimes um, when you get together as the family of God, and there's almost like a comparing of notes where you're like, "Man, this is where this is what I've been walking through," and just having someone else help you um, identify that, man, this this is really a spiritual attack that you are yeah. under attack. I mean, even from Dr. Barna, mm. um, you know, and and the incredible <laughs> platform that he has established as. Mm-hmm. Having a name that's synonymous with research um, and, you know, demographics and and studying trends and things like that. um, He spoke very candidly about spiritual warfare and what we are facing. And so he's bringing all of these numbers, which I think people expected. You know, when you go to hear George Barna, you expect research and you expect data. And someone said it, and I think this was one of the better ways to describe it. It was like drinking from a fire hose. Like you're just like, whoa, whoa, hold up, you know. And so you've you've got all the numbers, but the thing that really struck me about Dr. Barna's presentation was um, the evidence of discernment in the way he, uh, I guess, processes the data. So you've got the numbers, you've got the raw data, but then the interpretation of that data, right, is up to the one who's researching, who's looking at the numbers, like, how do you make sense of this? And the thing that I really appreciated about his presentation, and I think um, that there were many of our attendees who also appreciated this, just hearing some of the things that we're walking through, you know, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, some of the the ways that we're struggling in our families and in our marriages and, and these things, being able to recognize the onslaught of the culture through all kinds of means, right? Right. But recognizing that that is a spiritual battle that we're engaged in. And I don't know why, and maybe you have some thoughts on this. I don't know why it takes um, a numbers guy, it takes a statistician, (laughs) um, a researcher to give validity to spiritual battles. The Mm. Bible should be sufficient. (laughs) But for some reason, when a person like Barna stands up and has all of these facts and all this data, and it's not emotionally communicated at all. Right. I mean, it was just matter-of-factly communicated and also matter-of-factly communicated, communicated that Satan is at work in this. Yeah. Here is where you see the grubby f- fingerprints of Satan. This is what the enemy is doing. This is how the enemy is wreaking havoc on the church, on your family, on your kids, on your marriage, on biblical worldview— and and that to me was just like overwhelming it it was it was one of those things where um there's a lot of stunned looks yeah. you know what i mean on on the faces of of people who love jesus cuz we're like right o- okay jeremiah now what <laughs>
0: like yeah. now
1: now what do we do no
0: i think that's the thing you talk about numbers it's just it's different when you see you know the percentages or you know the numbers behind uh what's going on because it I don't know, it makes it more tangible maybe. It yeah. makes it more like, man, this is like for real? like yeah. It can't you're be not, this you're bad. You're not crazy. Yeah. You're not making
1: it up. You yeah. Know? yeah. And,
0: and so I think that has an effect on, on things. When you see those numbers and you're like, man, we are in a bad spot. Like, you know, we, we do need to do better. It, yeah. it kind of puts that emphasis on that. And I appreciate it, you know, all the speakers. and Of course. Uh, I, I think everyone did what the Lord, you know, uh, desired for them to do. And I, 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 man, I, I really, we, we trust God with you know His message through the speakers and and I just the reports that I am even hearing from the the youth apologetics track that you oh, know man, students let's talk about that yeah that, that young people have been uh was really dialed in you yeah. know and taking notes and and man really impacted by the ministry that went went on you know That's there were some that gave their hearts to Christ you know yeah man just yeah. A, just an amazing thing when you think about you know, what God uh, has done even through um, the youth apologetics track, you know, and that's a, that's a huge part of this yeah. conference, you know.
1: One of the things that it means a whole lot to me is that when I, when I hear a report and by the way, there were several reports that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, came out of the youth apologetics track that there were decisions made to, um, to follow Jesus. Yeah, And um, you know, obviously the kids understood because we know that the gospel is going to be com- uh, communicated clearly. Right. And so for the parents who have kids in that track, you know, I, I'm i so excited that parents can trust that the truth of the gospel is going to be communicated. It's not going to be um, an emotional invitation. It's not going to be, hey, you know, just hide Jesus in your heart and then go on and, <laughs> and be well fed. No, it's it's a clear presentation of what our sin does and why we needed someone to be the propitiation for our sin, to stand in our place and to atone for us. And his name is Jesus. And this is what he has afforded you. And That's so right. for kids between the ages of four and 12 um, to, to be arrested, so to speak by the truth of the gospel and to recognize I'm not, a, I'm not a follower of mm. Christ. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah, because definitely. I often, cause I want to, I want to be, I want to praise the Lord publicly because I'm often lamenting that you've got the Gen Zers and I guess coming after them, the Gen Elphas, it's not I don't think I don't know if it's finalized what they will be called, but you've got the Gen Zers certainly who I've often lamented these kids are sitting at your table and they have already walked away. Like right. what, what's going on? Like what's going on? And so I want to celebrate and I want to praise the Lord and the work that He's doing um through the power of His Spirit that these same kids who are sitting at your table and you may think that they are already converted. Right. You know what I mean? You may, but for for them to hear the gospel and for the Holy spirit to move on their heart and for them to respond and say, um, you know, I'm not a Christian. I'm here. I'm with my parents, but I'm actually not a believer. And then to make the decision.
0: Yeah. Oh, you cut out again. Let me just say this. You know, I think we need not be uh, skeptical. You know of of that either, because sometimes you can you can say, "Oh, did they really make a decision? Did they really, you know?" But man, I I feel like this is, this is the time where discipleship uh, kicks in in the home. Yes. You know, so if you know that your child's made a decision to follow Christ, I think now is the time that you you go in, you know, with the with discipleship and 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 walking alongside that that child and saying, "Man, you know, let's 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 grow, let's mm-hmm. grow," and that you look for for fruit. And so the thing is, I'm excited about, you know, the young people, the, uh, however young they are that come to know Christ because the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, lives inside of them, you know, that truly are born again, you know? And so I think that's the assurance that we have. And man, just praise God for uh, children responding, you know, yeah. to the conviction of, of the Lord and, and man, making those decisions.
1: Yeah, I, I think, and I I... I want to ask you this, but I almost hesitate to ask is I feel like it's it's like asking if you have a favorite child. And I think that's probably not wise. Right. But I'm wondering if there is an aspect of the conference or a particular presentation that personally um, spoke to you, ministered to you, that stood out to you in your mind. Um,
0: Yeah, I would I would I would have to say that's something that, that really stuck out to me. Um, just what, what's a couple of things, the times that we had to just talk with people, yeah. you know, and get their feedback, I mm-hmm. think fellowship, you know, those times of being able so to, good. yeah, to, to just get, you know, what people are thinking and hearing, you know, what God is doing, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. that's, um, big time for me, but also, you know, just being, you know, being there and seeing God just put everything together. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, like just knowing that all the work that went into it, but just seeing him make make everything uh, work, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, from the schedules, from the, you know, different speakers, all the stuff that goes into it, that mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, God's got it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's his yeah. thing. And so for me, as one that plans uh, the event, just to be to be able to look back and and see you know how God is orchestrating things and how you know people are meeting other people from other places and man it's it's just an amazing thing uh, when you look at it from that that uh, vantage point.
1: Yeah, I really I thought this is going to sound interesting, right? But I I had a lot of fun. We were invited to participate in the teen track this yes. year with the Hamiltons. Yeah, And that was fun. I actually had a lot of fun doing that. I know that ministry is supposed to be like laborious and like we're supposed to be angry because we're ministering. Um, But this was a lot of fun. I I actually really enjoyed um, talking about marriage and family and um, glorifying God in our relationships and and how Mm -hmm. wives see their roles according to God's word and how husbands see their roles and so Mm -hmm. we broke the ice by playing a game with the kids well Mm -hmm. not with the kids but Uh, like how well do you know your kids for their for their entertainment
0: (laughs) (laughs) how well do you know your spouse or do you remember certain things yeah you know yeah that was that was pretty cool I think we did that was a good job we you know
1: Well, I don't want to brag. We won. But I will say that um, the Hamiltons came in as a great second. There were only two couples. So that's the only other place that remained. I just, you know, but I got to enjoy it for what it's worth. There was an arm wrestling battle and a rap battle. Uh. I'll let our listeners decide who won because that came down between you and Abe. Right. Um, But the highlight for me was not only then being able to sit down and answer some questions for our teenage group, Mm -hmm. but then also pray with them and for them before we left. So break the ice, make them laugh at our expense, and then go in with like the meat of God's word and really encouraging them to have a high view of scripture Mm. as it pertains to their future relationship and their relationships. Now, all of that for the glory of God. Um, And then being able to close that all out in prayer with them and for them oh it was a beautiful thing Yeah, um, the Warrens just do an incredible job overseeing that uh, group of the YAT so alright that's, that's our recap we'll take a break and we'll be right back stay there
0: I wanna be-
1: Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. We really, really do. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. (laughs) I think we have a delay.
0: Yes. Ah,
1: I don't know what's (laughs) going on. Um, But it's bad. Let me say this, though. Um, I I want to publicly appreciate And I know I do it all the time. um, The members of our team who are working behind the scenes and you don't hear their voices and you don't see their faces often Um, But we couldn't do what we do without so many pieces all moving together um, to make one machine, if you will. And so in our studio today, um, Sweet Victory and J-Mac, my goodness, they work work tirelessly behind the scenes, like Mm -hmm. just doing incredible things and um, executing and and ripping and running and, and all of that. And it's just incredible. And they do it all for the glory of God. And they do it excellently. Um shout out to J Mac who found himself even you know giving my son a cookie to you know keep him chill backstage like just thank you for all of those things that are not in your job <laughs> description but during MFL <laughs> you're like sweet victory gave him a hard time you can't just give somebody's kid a cookie you didn't even ask I don't care eat it he's happy let him go we'll deal with the fallout later go to the emergency room no I'm kidding it wasn't it wasn't a big deal but <laughs> there're so many more people too because you if anybody who attended the conference And you saw all of the different aspects of that from the T-shirts to the signs Mm -hmm. to the kids and to like basically filling the arena. We use almost all of the usable space of the Cadence Bank Arena to host the conference. And I don't think I'm exaggerating that. And that takes a lot of people, the security staff, like just a lot of people. They're constantly moving through the building um, in uniform and outside of uniform. Um, or I guess they call it plain clothes, see how ignorant she is. But thank you for everything, (laughs) every single thing that you do uh, to make the conference what it is, you know, because it's easy to see the people who are up on the stage. It's kind of like the point of it, right? It's easy to see those people. But there are so many more people who don't make it up to the stage um, that are working that if they didn't do what they were doing, then we couldn't have the conference. And so anyway, I just want to publicly say thank you. All right, now let's get into let's get into content for today. So today, I was thinking, I, I read a couple articles, and I was like, ah, this is what happens. This is the power of hate, right? The power of disseminating a message that produces or induces a type of uh, emotion that you actually have an expected in. You 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 want people to be angry. You want to radicalize people, and your your hope is that it would produce the type of Hateful activism that has happened in the past. This is what I think, and I'm talking about the Southern Poverty uh, Law Center mm. and them naming moms groups as like you mean, think hate about groups. That. You know, like yeah. <laughs>
0: moms groups.
1: It's, it's 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 kind of unthinkable.
0: <laughs> right, right. It's things it's, that
1: you would not. Add.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to even think about that. Moms who care about their children you care about what's going on being attacked i mean when when at what other time yes. would this have been allowed you know
1: right right and but our it just shows you the state and the condition of our nation so we are in a place where this type of attack it's it's um it's celebrated it almost feels like yeah justified are the people who are attacking the moms who want to protect their children but i i believe that this has a different um Motivation, And I, I really believe that the motivation is that the end would be fear and that the fear would stop all of the natural inclinations that moms and dads and grandmoms and granddads feel to protect their offspring, right, to protect right. their posterity. Because when you read these kinds of accounts and you read the type of what I would say is um, like I, I would say it's terroristic um, behavior, you read about it then I think the expectation is that it will tell everyone else, don't, don't you even think of doing this. Don't think of joining these groups. Don't think of starting a group, a local chapter in your area. Don't think of getting involved. Don't think of going down to the school board because if you do, then you are a part of this group, which we have identified as a hate group. So, so now you have kind of rallied um, the antagonists to produce the fear Right. To produce the fear in those who would stand up for truth. And and I think it's so it's so important, though, for us to talk about what is going on and to acknowledge that, yes, it is going on. And hate is very powerful. This this emotion that that leads to action. Right. Is very powerful and is right. very real. Right. But I think we have to also say, but we cannot let that motivate us or leave us unmotivated. Right. right. We can't be so so afraid that we cower because, oh, my goodness, you know, they they have issued death threats, which that is what's happening now to wow. these moms groups. So I want to talk about this. Um, I was reading this is an article from The Daily Signal, and it's written by um, Tyler O'Neill, who I want to say is one of the uh, senior editors over there at The Daily Signer, Signal, managing editor. He's managing mm-hmm. editor of The Daily Signal, and he's the author of a book called Making Hate Pay the corruption of the Southern Poverty Law Center. And he wrote this um, this article and talking about what moms of liberty or moms for liberty, what they've been uh, enduring since um, the Southern Poverty Law Center decided to place them on a hate map. <laughs> like, just think about that, thereby making them a target of all of the so-called do-gooders, the vigilante do-gooders who are going to cleanse the country of those who are conservative, those who have biblical values, those who would dare to live by those biblical values. Uh, They see it as their personal mission to go and eradicate those groups. In fact, that's the kind of language that they used in some of the hateful communication that was sent to uh, Moms for Liberty. And I want to talk about that. But first, I want to play this clip And the voice that you're going to hear is actually Tyler O'Neill's voice. It's about a two and a half minute clip where he's talking about what the Southern Poverty Law Center has done and how this is always the way or always been the way that they have chosen to operate to work almost as an arm of the government, taking out those who the government would decide, yeah, we don't like what you're saying. We would like to silence you. And this is the best way for us to do it. And so the Southern Poverty Law Center almost becomes an arm, an extension of the government to do its dirty work or to do its bidding, for lack of a better, maybe that's maybe that is a better expression. I don't know. But this is clip one.
3: Have you heard about the organization that has $730 million in the bank and offshore accounts in the Cayman Islands, yet decided that it would go after homeschooling moms who are concerned about the leftward lurch in public education? You might already know this organization. It's none other than the Southern Poverty Law Center. This is a mainstream, well-acknowledged organization that actually started, as the name suggests, by protecting poor people in the South. That organization, the Southern Poverty Law Center, added parental rights groups like Moms for liberty and parents defending education to its hate map, where it plots mainstream conservative and Christian groups alongside chapters of the Ku Klux Klan. The SPLC claims that schools have been on the receiving end of ramped up and coordinated right-wing attacks, completely ignoring the recent sickening leftward lurch in education, from drag queen story hour to pornographic books in school libraries to schools encouraging kids to hide gender transition from their parents. The left is the real aggressor here and parents are struggling to keep up. Yet the SPLC has punched below the belt, demonizing concerned parents as an anti-student inclusion movement. Susan Cork, director of the project the SPLC uses to brand groups hate groups, said that organizations like Moms for Liberty are rooted in age-old white supremacy. Such attacks would be laughable coming from somewhere else. But the SPLC still has a ton of rather undeserved clout. For instance, the Senate just confirmed an SPLC lawyer to a top court, and the FBI notoriously cited the SPLC in a report on radical traditional Catholic hate groups. Organizations smeared by the SPLC find themselves cut off from donors and the press. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. In 2012, a terrorist targeted the Family Research Council in Washington, D.C. He told the FBI he planned to kill everyone in the building, and that he used the hate map to find his targets. As I point out... In my book, Making Hate Pay, the SPLC has suffered numerous scandals. A whistleblower came forward saying that the hate accusations are a highly profitable scam aimed at bilking Northern liberals by exaggerating hate in the South. The SPLC faces multiple defamation lawsuits. No one should rely on the SPLC when it comes to monitoring hate. But it seems the SPLC is doing the Biden administration's dirty work here. The Department of Justice rescinded the memo, comparing concerned parents to domestic terrorists. But now, the SPLC's report bolsters that narrative. How long before the Biden administration returns to its old tactic, this time citing the SPLC? Not long. How long?
1: Not long. It won't be long. You don't I mean, that's that's kind of where we go here. Right. And and at the very least, even if if the if the government does not, you know, turn to that tactic or return to that tactic and saying, well, you are listed on the SPLC's website as a hate group. And so therefore, we've got to regulate, you know, and hmm. using that in, in the common colloquialism as well. But it's not long before that, even if that doesn't happen. What happens in the country's mind is that those people are hateful. Notice the use of the terms like white supremacists, right? So, so you've got parents who want to protect their kids, and they are seen as sort of like the old vestiges of white supremacy. This is the result of white supremacy. So, But the question is, and this is why I think parents have to continue to be very active, like, like showing up routinely to say no to this. Yeah. No, we, we reject this. No, you're not going to do this to our kids. Why? Because because as the parents continue to show up, number one, number one, you show we're not afraid of you and we love our kids more than we love our own safety. I mean, that's that's like that's like I think mom is Greek for I will knock you out. Like, don't I think that's what it means. And if you go back, look it up, go back to the original Greek rendering. It's I will knock you out. Don't play like that's how we are with our kids. Like there's something that happens instinctively with moms that we are willing lay our life down for our kids. Protect our kids. If there's a clear and present danger, and by the way, there is a clear and present danger. Right. Right. So we are willing to give ourselves for our kids. This is this is the the heart of a mom. But what we find in this culture today and what we find increasingly is that mom told that if you stand between this culture and your kids, that you are hateful. What I am saying, what I am saying is that, no, this is the expression of love. This is the clear expression of love for our kids that we would say, no, this kind of. Yeah, that's um, that's pervasive in our public school system. That is a pipeline for adult confusion, trying to give an early on ramp to the type of normalization of things like, you know, chest reconstructive surgeries and double mastectomies and what they call bottom surgeries. And the only reason I'm not using the actual terms is because it can be offensive to talk about. OK, when you actually start talking about what bottom surgeries are. I mean, these things are just they're they're heinous.
3: Yeah, They
1: are just they're and gruesome to talk about. It's 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 wicked.
0: And I'll, <clears throat> I'll just say that, you know, the common denominator in this whole thing is parents, you know, standing up and saying no. Like I, like in all these different issues, you know, parents, parenting seem to be the answer <laughs> to, to all of this stuff, you know, saying, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to let you do this, you're not going to do that, you know, this is enough. When that happens, and and so that, that happens, and then the other side, they get mad, and they, they want to do, like, mm-hmm. what SPLC, you know, they want to do all that stuff and and trying to threaten and stuff like that. But it seems like mm-hmm. the common denominator is when parents say enough is enough, okay, um, yeah. we're not going this far, and that's when, you know, yes, the trouble is going to come because, you know, they're going to get some pushback, but things have to like stop like you parents have uh, you know power
1: that's right man and and that's i think that's what we're afraid to use like i think parents are and because our culture has told us that that's not the place of parents remember when you have been historically fed you know several generations you have been fed the lie that you are insufficient for doing the most important things in your kid's life, i.e. your kid's training, your kid's development, your kid's education. And as I've mentioned in a previous show, when we have this in in our churches as well, that you can't even teach your kid doctrine, mm-hmm. you can't teach your kid theology, you can't teach your kid how to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is exactly what the Bible tells you, the parent, to do, right? So you couple all of these things, then what you have is the normalization of the inept parent, the parent who just can't do the parent who just. And so then you add to that the other external voices. They're all it's, it's sort of like the big cacophony of sound all yeah. rallying to tell parents, stay out of it. Stay yeah. out of it. Don't worry about doing anything significant in the life of your kids. Yes. Yes. You can handle the food bill. Yes, you can have you can handle the clothing bill and the phone bill and all of that stuff. Let's but everything give us their else minds. you're total give us their minds. Give us give, their minds. And so I think that we as mm. as believers and we as parents and grandparents, uh, even aunts and uncles, come on everybody, right? Like who love the right. Lord and are discerning and can see what's going on, we need to be encouraging parents to show up where they can and yeah. when they can. You know, and again, and I don't think I made this point, but I want to go back to it here. When you say that Um, standing up for your parental rights, Mm -hmm. okay, standing up for your God-given parental rights, that that is tantamount to being a white supremacist or that is is white supremacy in action, then the question has to be, so then what are the black parents doing? What Mm. about the Hispanic parents? Mm. What about the Asian parents who show up and who are like, no, no, you can't have our kids. Like, what do you do? And I think that's why there need to be more voices. There need to be more bodies. You know, coming out and and speaking out. And I think those those people, um, they should make the rounds like pass on and share the clips of those people. Why? Because if the lie is that it's just white people afraid to lose their white spaces. Mm -hmm. I think, number one, you combat the lie straight on. But then you also raise a question. You say, okay, well, well, then why is the black mama here? Right. Why is the black dad here? Why is the Hispanic mama here? Like, like, what, what are they after? What are they doing? Could it be that they are actually just trying to protect their kids from your radical ideology? Mm. Like, could it be that they are actually trying to preserve the souls of their children for the glory of God? Like, what if it's that? And what if it's not white supremacy? What if it's not white fragility? What if it's not any of the Marxist ideals that you guys champion? What if it's those things? Well, if we don't show up, we don't get to ask those hypothetical questions or even put them on display. Let's grab the break. We'll be right back.
0: From the day that we see until Time only lingers, then moves on It slips through your fingers, then it's gone Welcome to the time zone From the day that we see until Time only lingers, then moves on It slips through your fingers, then it's gone Welcome to the time zone. They cut my cord, the very minute I bore, no longer Welcome back to Aaron the
1: Addisons on American family radio just talking about the power of hate and pushing out this um, this emotion kind of you know just that's that's kind of norm mm. tell them to act accordingly you know mm. just just operate according to those those base feelings and uh you know quote unquote do 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 what you want. Just yeah. do what you want. Have So here are your emotions. This is how you feel about an issue. Right. and This is how you feel about a group of people. Now go act accordingly. And so this is what we're seeing happen uh, with groups like Moms for Liberty. One of the co-founders of Moms for Liberty is a woman by the name of Tiffany Justice. And she said to the Daily Signal in talking about the SPLC's decision to add them to their hate map um, that it, quote, it gave people permission to treat us as subhuman, mm. end quote. Which I, I think that's what we see a lot of today. Like that's that is the I, I would say rational rationalization that we see happening that if this person stands on this side mm-hmm. of, you know, ideology or, you know, and if it's opposite my side, then that person is not worthy of my respect. Right. That person is not worthy of quote unquote feeling safe. I should feel safe. But the other person on the other side of of this ideology, um, or ideological coin should not feel safe. And so I should be able to go after that person. I should be able to do harm to that person while also decrying my lack of safety, right? I should be able to say, I'm not safe. I'm not safe. And if I'm not safe, then no one's safe, right? And it's amazing because of, like, the ubiquity of the safety for these groups. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like, tell me a place where they're not safe, you know? And yet, at the same time, um, they are saying that they can go after the people who cause them to be unsafe. Really, what we're talking about is feelings. It's the exaltation of feelings. By the way, just quick plug, mm-hmm. we're going to be in North Carolina. Maybe may be too late to register. I'm not sure, but we're going to be in North Carolina next week at the refuge, ncrefuge.org, uh, teaching a week of apologetics, uh, culture-proofing your kids and our kids. Our kids will be participating in this. And one of the things that we're going to tackle is going to be feelings and emotions and how it has been used by our culture, oh my goodness, to manipulate and to control. So anyway, we're going to be talking about that. But that's where we are, right? So you can get people emotionally riled up. You can get people uh, manipulated and then motivated toward a type of action. It's yeah. the action that you prefer. That makes right? it so and easy.
0: If you can get people to just be in their emotions and feelings, you can lead yes. them anywhere, you know? Yes. <laughs> and so, I mean, when you think about it, it's like that. that's what's being done all the time. And and we have, I feel like, a generation that's given to towards that, you know, Yes, feelings, absolutely. You know? The,
1: you get, Feelings. Don't don't have any room or any space for facts. Mm-hmm. Don't even require them. Um, You know, the Bible would instruct us that with all of our getting, we should get an understanding. Our culture says you don't need to understand. Just feel right. like you don't you don't need to get clarity. You don't need to ask questions to get you to a point of understanding. You just need to express what you feel. The Bible calls this <laughs> foolish. Right. Foolish. Right. The, the fool has no interest in understanding only in expressing his own heart. Right. And we have created a nation. We have fostered the growth of a nation of individuals who express that daily. Right. No, no interest in understanding. I just want to express. We call it. I just want to get this off my chest. The problem is now it's not just the war of words. Mm -hmm. Now it's violent action against people. Now it's overt threats. Let's talk a little bit about and then I want to open the phone lines here in just a second. But I want to talk a little bit about some of the threats that organizations like Moms for Liberty are receiving. They were recently at an event, uh, Moms for Liberty Summit in Philadelphia. And um, they were mobbed by protesters. They mm. were mobbed by protesters. Why? Because they were citing the fact that they are listed on the SPLC's hate list. So, Which, so I
0: mean, that to me, that's not like credible. No, <laughs> yeah, you know?
1: but but you know who knows that? <laughs> right. I mean, I don't mean to sound, and I don't want to be. Look, I don't want to be condescending of people who. Man, okay. Look, I just feel like people should know better. But the question is, who knows that? So, so Will the Great? So you know that? I know that. Vast majority of our listeners know that. But you think about the common person that you would come across today, and and if they even knew what the Southern uh, Southern Poverty Law Center was, <laughs> sorry right. guys, if they even knew what it was, mm-hmm. and if they even knew what they did, if you asked them a question about like what do you feel about a group being listed on a hate list for the Southern Poverty Law Center, you know, they probably would be like. Oh well, it's bad to be hateful, right? So then that that group must be bad. Like <laughs> oh so even goodness. if they don't know, you, but that's right. how we play to the lack but then of you information. Say,
0: what is hate? Like the video what you is, did. Come on man. <laughs> what is hate? What like, is hate?
1: You know? We've yeah. redefined it so we've taken the meaning out of it, right? Really taken the teeth out of hate and hateful behavior. Um I I want to share. Let me I'll open the phone lines 888-589-8840. I'm talking about the power of hate. And and talking about what the ultimate end of it is to just make people afraid, so that people are moved to inactivity. Um, just, I, I would say that they are. It's like the deer in headlights, you know, just so afraid they they can't move. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's where this ultimately goes. And so then, my antidote to that, my response to that, is you got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. You got to keep you. You've got to. And this is where um, being steeped in God's word. Our discernment grows. So then our actions are motivated by that right discernment. Right. Right. It's not just, well, I don't like it. It bothers me. It feels no, it's, there's a deep abiding conviction because you spend time with the master
2: Mm.
1: who who Jesus is because you know what God requires. You know, what holiness is, you know, what righteousness is. And if you've got kids in these systems, then they are a target. Right. And there, there's a there's a certain point that you get to where you can't just pretend like it's not so. Man, what is you that point?
0: S- I mean, it seems like we're here. Like, this is so it. what's the this excuse is it. now? Like, you, you know, like, yeah, there's I, none. I, I mean, I, I just wonder, like, OK, when you get to this point. It, it, so now is it too far? You know, I'm, I'm like, I feel like they're, they're going to be a pressing forward even, you know, past this.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think we we are at the point. We are, at, we are at, we're probably past the point. You know, there's a lot that's been going on. And I think that parents have been responding too, by the way. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. Kudos to parents who have been responding, who have taken it upon themselves to show up and to be engaged. Like, I think this is what we need. This is this is the, the, the sleeping giant that should have always been awake in this country.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But I, I also feel like, you know, at this point, there should be no more question, you know, about the yeah. motives and intentions of certain people. It's like, man, it's it's, it's, bla- it's, it's glaring. It's obvious, you know, that, that yes. our children are our targets. And so we need to make the adjustments, you know?
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 888-589-8840. Let me just read a couple things before we go right to the phone lines here. Because when you talk about the type of uh, intimidation um, that now people feel empowered in or empowered by because of what the SPLC has done, um, this is, this is, I say frightening, but I, I don't mean in a sense that it should paralyze us, mm-hmm. but I think it should, it, it should sober us up to see where we are. So some of this, um, and if you've got little kids listening, I'm going to be very careful, but some of our kids are really super sharp and they can read between the <laughs> lines. And even when a person says blank, like they know, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. So, okay. So <laughs> just be careful and take, you know, proper cover for your kids. Okay. <laughs> but through their contact us page, Moms for Liberty shared with the Daily Signal some of the hate mail that they have been receiving. So one person, okay, blank, you, right, right. Um, I will personally eradicate you from Massachusetts. Wow. Okay, I will. I will personally eradicate you from Massachusetts. Here's another one through their contact us page under the name Execute all Nazis. Okay, <laughs> this is what they wrote. Oh, be careful. How do you I'm trying to edit without it being <laughs> offensive, even that. Okay. Um fascists like you deserve to be dragged against a wall and force fed hot lead. Oh my goodness. Eat excrement, okay, and die. I wow. genuinely hope all you fascists get diagnosed with ALS and wither away in front of your loved ones. <laughs> Seriously kill yourself you'd be doing us all a huge favor i could go through more but i'm gonna go to the phone lines here instead it is so hateful and it gets worse okay it gets worse here um it it's it is but but here again the southern poverty law center has normalized this and made this okay because now these people get to see themselves as noble as taking the quote-unquote which is it just sounds ridiculous on its face but that they're taking the moral high ground by exposing the wicked and making them pay they need to live in fear and trembling Mm. because of their hateful ways right um all right let's go
0: we'll go to the phone lines let's go to bill in oklahoma hi bill hi how are y'all doing doing good
1: hi awesome I just wanted to correct you Nikki on something you said about the left. They don't right want ahead. our children's minds. They want our children's hearts. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I yeah. agree. I said that too. Yeah, I
1: I, I would I would yeah. yeah. Go yeah. ahead
0: with the great. Go ahead. No, I, I agree. I agree. They you know, they I think they want both. You know, I think I think they yeah. they they're, they're playing for keeps you know they see what's going on they see a great opportunity with our children right and they they see how they can from a young age gain them and therefore dismiss us you know and so yeah. man I, it's just wicked it's just wicked and i agree with yeah. you bill
1: and and i i will say this i i think uh to to both of your points i think it's both right and i think this understanding that the posture of the mind really, in many ways, determines the affections. It determines Mm -hmm. what comes from the heart, right? You think about what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans as he talked about this mind that is hostile to God. This is the carnal mind, right? That it's the enemy of God. It can't submit to God. It's just an impossibility, which is why you have to have a new mind. Mm -hmm. So what we see in our culture today is this resistance that if there's any transformation of the mind, like if we, because we want to see our kids' minds transformed, right? That they're not, conform to the patterns of this world right mm-hmm. but that their minds are renewed that their minds are transformed and so we as we are pushing through the culture to see that happen for our kids we've got a culture that is resisting that is saying no keep that old mind mm, keep right, that old mind right. that is hostile to god right. the mind that makes you the enemy of god and even confirms that you are the enemy of god so i think it's i think it's both both because what it actually then fuels is that heart sentiment Right. Then yeah. we then. And then after the heart sentiment, then you've got the physical actions that accompany it as well. But I think you're right. They want they want the heart for sure. Mm-hmm. And I would say they also want the mind because there there is something to the way that we think. Yeah. There is something to the way that we think. Right. That the mind that is controlled by the spirit, the mind that is led by the spirit is at peace with God. Right. right. And that's uh, I'm, I don't want to <laughs> go. OK, too many tangents. Um, let's go back to the phone lines. We'll agree. All Where right. do we go
2: next?
0: Let's go to Leanne in Georgia. Hi, Leanne.
2: Hey, how are you?
0: Doing
3: good. Um,
2: I wanted Hello. to make a, a few points. Yes, I wanted to make a few points based on um, talking about the Southern Poverty Law Center.
3: Hello? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Are
2: you there? Yes, yeah. go okay. right ahead. Sure. Uh, uh, years ago, I was a whistleblower in the 90s for about seven years in the education system. Um, and they were doing a lot of things at that time, unclosed physicals. They were showing pornography films mm. to 11-year-olds. Mm. Um, So, there was a lot going on a long time ago. People just didn't really realize it, I don't think. Um, But the Southern Poverty Law Center has always, um, for decades, been involved in trashing conservatives and Christians. Um, Mm -hmm. They've been um, partnering with our intel agencies. And, like with the CARE organization, they give a lot of information in how to target, who to target, and why. And Mm -hmm. so, Southern Poverty Law Center has been making money hand over fist for decades. Mm. Um, shaking mm. down and calling people hate groups that's been going on for decades, and and um, you're absolutely they're just right. Now getting, they're just now getting wind that they're corrupt, <laughs> mm. <laughs> but they've literally been corrupt a long time. I don't know if y'all remember Millard Fuller, and I forget the guy that started it with him. Oh, yeah. Um, he was right, he was Cornelia Farms, which is in our area, and it's a um, commune type farm. Um, But anyway, so they've been Mm -hmm. Marxist for a long time and uh, pushing that kind of thing uh, for a long time. And talking about transformational, you're either traditional-minded, transitional, or you're transformational. And the traditional-minded are are you and I, Christians, people that see um, things mostly black and white. Um, Transitional is that middle ground where you're not sure which side you're going to go on. That's the feelings-based person that can go either way and that's when uh russian programming psychological programming is um they can get you into cognitive dissonance or flux Mm, and that way mm -hmm. you will go one way or the other and transformational are people that are already so far gone that they don't even can't tell the difference between a lie and and truth and really god Mm. has to hit them on the road like you know (laughs) salt to get them get them out of that Um, so we're What's to interesting?
1: I, can I just can I just jump in real quick? I'm sorry. I just I saw the time here. First of all, thank you to our sister Leanne who called in. I really do appreciate your comments. I want to say to the point that she was making the last point as she was describing these three categories, and I think it's so important for us as believers to have a heart and a mind that is stayed on the Lord Amen. to be discerning. And how do we do that? How do we, how does our discernment grow by use? of the Lord's word, not just reading it and thinking, oh, that's good. That's no, but by doing it, because to do one, like to hear it and not do it is to deceive yourself. It's like looking at yourself in the mirror and then walking away and forgetting what you look like. But we are instructed to hear God's word and to do it, to live it out. So to put action to what we believe, right? We are also called to have a renewed mind. And how does this happen? Again, by consuming God's word. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing.
0: God bless.